Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast. It is the film review of the week where Griffin and I will dive into what went wrong and there's a bit more of what went wrong and what went right against the Las Vegas Raiders. Griffin is, if you're watching on the YouTube, holding up a drawing of what looks like a very nasty two-back run, which, we, well, we'll get into that. But Griff, overall, the tape, uh, how much cope was there in the tape? Um, it, it, it was their first bad defensive game where it felt like the scheme was sound. And on the broadcast, I thought I saw, it felt like there was a prevalence of like, oh, why are they reverting to stuff that they don't do well in against certain things? And there really wasn't upon review. They were actually pretty careful with it. Maddie, you talked about before we went live, they actually had a lot more, tools to their disposal that they use to shore up the issues presented by some of their main things, like the change up calls and supplementary calls off of the same looks. And um, the execution just fell apart, especially in the second half. Thought they, for the most part, they held up okay in the first half with the problem areas being mm. tricky passing combinations on the rookies predominantly. In the second half, kind of everybody fell apart. Although in the first half, we also had digs with some miscues, with some great plays too. Um, yeah, sort some of. Miscues. Sort of. I mean, obviously, Diggs' two interceptions kind of cover up the first half, but there was a lot of still in the first half. There was weird, like, execution errors and they, they, them just executing better as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm encouraged by the defense. They actually, you know, they were moving the line a bit. They were, they were fire zoning. They were doing things to solve like the issues they'd had in the fronts, like the the C gap issue. Uh, not just putting right. five technique in the bare front in the C gap, but also moving the line to close the C gap. Uh, and it worked when they did it. Right, right. And then also playing like you know rotating down into middle field close to like encourage the box. Uh, to be run on and then closing that box, uh, blitzing in the nickel four down looks to, again, alleviate stress, you know, prevent the offense. Because if you just sit in that one front each time, the offense is going to have easy blocks and they'll block it more assuredly each time and they'll be very confident and they'll just fit it up easier and easier. So you have to change the picture and that's what Seattle did. And not only were they changing the picture, but they were making it easier for their their guys up front to fit the run so that was big so th there are some positives and i felt this is the, one of the first games actually that i felt they had a lot of like variety in the game plan and that you know clint hurt and you, you could see sort of where it was going it wasn't as like basic I, I think they you know they've established what they want to be and they started leaning into some more variety and obviously they've had a bye week to look at their tendencies, look at what they were good at. And I think that showed up. It, it's just unfortunate that they're, they got suckered in the big moments. Like the run defense overall was pretty good. Like they got run on when they should have done, like when they, when they, uh, you know, they, they posed a light box, but then. They, in the first half, especially when they were in, when previously we called a problem front, especially against like 21 personnel slash 12 personnel are like McDaniels, like mm. similar to the lines there with motion, um, putting a fullback in the backfield. Um, they handled all, 
a large volume of those runs, like a high rate of those runs really well. And like the linebackers especially were really on top of it. Like they knew what they were being tasked with. And that was encouraging. Um, and I think the linebackers really up in, with the exception of that final play, I think for the most part, like they were difference makers and toward the positive, like they were doing their job with a lot of this. Um, when they, when they had problems, it almost, it wasn't schematic. It was really like an individual player up front, just absolutely falling apart. And, you know, the, the names that come to mind predominantly were Quentin Jefferson and um, LJ Collier. Um, but Jefferson probably had the worst game of his football career. I've never seen him play that poorly against the run. And he's not a dominant run defender, um, but he can be fine. He can be serviceable, right? And he was playing like Robert Enkimdichi did last year and like LJ Collier did last year. Now, LJ himself also didn't play that great this game. He didn't have that many snaps to show how poorly he played maybe, but, um, you know, like with a larger sample. But, I mean, Jefferson might single-handedly be responsible for like 100 yards almost this game. Like it was – linebackers can't do anything when you have your defensive tackle in your lap five yards downfield and you have to fit one of the gaps outside of him. So um, it was horrendous. And then Puna Ford, I was hard on him in the, the game recap. I thought he actually played pretty well, but he had two plays that were just like really bad. Like he mm -hmm. kind of fell apart toward the end. Al Woods didn't have a dominant game, but he was fine. But again, he didn't have a dominant game. So that's another that's another piece to this puzzle of, well, why was it so bad when one of your best players, instead of being dominant, who's usually dominant, is merely fine in, in junction with all the other things around him. It's another reason why it, it all comes down. Um, but more positively, I mean, Brooks has been defending the run well this, this year. Um, especially controlling for expectation of what the front and the call is, the box count and everything. It was really cool to see Cody Barton play with like full confidence all game long. I really think he only had like two reps where you can nitpick maybe. Um, I mean, on the front side of the play, on the back side of the play, two high, one high, you know, knowing what he needed to key, you know, how he needed to play because two high, one high, the, the what you ask of the linebacker can change, right? But the, the techniques and stuff, um, he, he just pretty much was what they needed him to be. And not only was that crucial for this game, we can look toward the future with it is that they needed to play base as much as they did this game and needed to play the version of nickel where he's on the field this game so that they could be versatile with their pass coverage. Um, because they like throwing, they like getting two by two formations. The Raiders do. And they like getting seams to this to the weak side with their with their tight end. Now, if they had Waller this game, it could have been really bad. That's kind of what makes the Raiders exciting if they keep it together um, for this offseason when they get Waller in their injunction with Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, provided they keep Carr and all the rest. But um, uh, they needed Barton out there. Like we saw with that interception play, great play. He's it might even have been quarters to that side. I, on live, I thought it was cover two, but it might have been quarters. I think it was um, pure cover four. I, I think it yeah. was cover four both sides. And they did run a fair share of uh, just straight up cover four in this game, along with their, you know, blend of cover two, cover four stuff. So it's interesting then on that note that they have a coverage tool where they let the overhang carry a seam then. Um, right. Yeah, good point. So uh, that's pretty interesting. But so they wanted Barton out there because if you're playing 515 nickel, you're not going to ask 
Uchenna Nwosu or even, I mean, you probably could ask Daryl Taylor to do it because he's so athletic. But generally speaking, you're not going to ask a pseudo defensive lineman to carry seams. If So that's why smart offensive minds like um, McDaniels, who maybe isn't a great head coach, but he's a smart offensive mind. He wants to, dic- especially it's the Patriots fashion, right? They want to dictate formation and personnel so that they can get matchups. Mm. They can get a free seam and it's all on the safety and quarters. Uh, in this case. Uh, and yeah, by the ahead. way, McDaniels called, called a great game, which we'll get to here. Yeah, I thought you called a great game. And that's kind of why I was excited by what they did in the first half, especially at least in intention, because they were playing that balancing act between can we have flexible coverage to match what they're trying to do to us and still say sound, or at least even if you're not sound, give yourself the best chance to be effective against the run. And like on a macro level, like it was all working in theory, but it's just leakiness here, leakiness there, and then it all falls apart. You know, a missed tackle, it's like, well, it doesn't matter if your theory is great. It doesn't matter if everyone's being assignment correct. Execution-wise, you got to make a tackle, right? Um, so, but moving forward, the fact that Cody Barton can sur- not just survive, but thrive in, against the run in these circumstances uh, makes them feel more confident to continue to be as flexible as they were in the past game. Um, because, like, that play he made the, that sparked Diggs' interception was a great play. And the fact that he can just turn and run with those things those routes like you showed in the chargers game like that's the chargers are a little similar although they do it from pass heavy formations they still like to manipulate you and clint hurt's reaction to that was our solution is going to be cody barton to this structural problem the chargers present the solution to the structural problem mcdaniels presents as looking at the guys they have available to them in, ba- in balance with the other things they have to take, you know, note of is Cody Barton. So the fact that they have him in coverage and he's playing that way against the run is, is one thing to take from this game. I think that is encouraging. Hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And, you know, he's earned praise this week from Clint Hurt and Pete Carroll. So they're both seeing what we're seeing. And it's, he, he actually spoke as well about how he has been playing more aggressive and it, it was like an emphasis coming out of the bye week for him to sort of start taking his shots. And I think now they're sort of understanding the system. And generally, other than the big plays, which we'll get to, but generally, I felt there was a bit more cohesion up front. Now, there's just there were just weird moments. Like, I mean, we've, we've dealt with one of the issues, the... Uh, Quandre Diggs, he was matched up on a on the running back in the flat. Uh, it's third and five, so he's sort of playing at the sticks. He gets done down the sideline and gives up the wheel route touchdown. Seattle running there, bonus fire zone, so it's basically just cover three. That's unfortunate. And then there's weird stuff like, you know, there's a play where Kobe Bryant blitzes, but the D-line doesn't seem to get the call, and so they end up with like three guys in the same gap. There's little bust between like someone probably should have picked three up and no one did. Like, I just don't know how this keeps happening, but then maybe it's just, you know, they've added a bit more to the game plan this week. Maybe they're still sort of getting comfortable with that. And interestingly, Clint Hurt, he, he won, he highlighted the youthfulness of the, you know, the secondary, uh, the, the youthfulness in general of the defense. 
But he also was, he went towards the fact that like they need to sort of reset after they have a bad play and they sort of get into a rut where like if they have a bad play or a bad drive, they can't really claw their way back from it. And I mean, that's an interesting perspective from him. But yeah, this this game, it, it kind of was, it became endemic, like the little errors on, on different plays where I think obviously, you know, McDaniels, he was in, imposing stress he'd watched like like they tried that Barton interception was a play that Tampa Bay had tried to run and I think got open and and this was the same deal but obviously Barton played it well Seattle was ready for it but like he tested them on that like jet motion into the into like the fast three to break their cover three rules which it did again like although you know Seattle was able to rally to it so it wasn't terrible but like you know, he'd, he'd, he'd studied what was beating Seattle and he called stuff. He spent like a whole drive spamming uh, like uh, four strong with Devontae Adams as the backside receiver uh, and, and really worked the Seattle's uh, middle field open coverage rules and who was going to take three up and were you going to leave Adams one-on-one -on, -one on the backside or are you going to double him and leave three up open? And then, okay, you're now playing more of like a man-like structure. Well, now I'll start rub-rooting. Um, and, and getting into the flat and causing dodgy angles and stuff. Now, yeah, uh, I said we've dealt with Diggs's, Dig, one of Diggs's errors. The other one, I think, him and uh, him and Brooks weren't on the same page for that corner route touchdown. We, we spoke about that after the in our live reaction, but I mean, obviously Brooks expected help. Diggs was playing Adams. They he they didn't communicate well enough. That shouldn't happen. Now, again, yeah, it's, it's kind of encouraging that, you know, these are mistakes. They're not, like, getting flat-out beat, but hopefully they correct them. Anyway, you were, you were saying. Well, I was going to just say, like, quarters in the red zone can get really funky, especially in the short red zone. Right, Because... Right. And they had a if, fast three. They had a fast three, and because this the quarter safety is almost playing, like, if you get... You don't get verticals or, like, dig routes. You get slants, right? So... Mm -hmm. You, you want to help you want to help your corner or whoever is matched up inside on the on the slot receiver you kind of the the safety wants to give help but then to the trip side if the mic is also matching the three he's thinking i'm going to build a fence all the way toward the end of the end zone it was a if good beater again it's a good beat it's a good beater so if you get something you know outbreaking you know it's not if you think about the same play call like a double china concept in the middle of the field you would never have if a mic has all of three. You would never expect that mic to then to take the route all the way to the sideline. Like it never ends up playing out that way. So, by virtue of the fact you being on a short, shorter field and that safety might be coming down more downhill on a slant, or whatever you get there, that it would be. It's just the same principle applies. You're the the mic with inside leverage, then pushing all the way to the sideline. He's at a disadvantage on that route. So. There would need to be help there, but then you also understand why Diggs is nailing down. So, in effect, like you said, it's a good beater. It's it's something you call. It's something you see against red four. They call it red zone cover four. Um, so uh, that one's just tough. Um, and yeah, like the the first play, the first touchdown Diggs gave up. Like you said, he's coming from depth to come down on a flat route. It's really awkward to come downhill pivot 180 and then go back toward the end zone like that's just that's tough and i don't know if that was a designed wheel route or not 
I think the running back kind of improvised um, and Carr just saw it. But when, you know, one of your best players, Quandre Diggs, has a little bit of a rough game in those areas, you know, it's like, well, maybe it's just not your day, however you want to frame it. Now, the interceptions he made were fantastic plays. Like, you, you, you we, we should be raving about those plays, in fact. Like, on the, on the first one, it was uh, pocket play action, and it was like Y-cross, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. from under center and digs digs squeezes or he not squeezes he nails down on the cross because he eliminates all other threats he knows that nothing yeah. is coming and he was Devonte adams running it and it's Devonte adams so he digs likes to be aggressive on teams that have a tendency to attack the intermediate middle of the field like like tennessee last year they run a bunch of drift mm-hmm. right or you know, play action digs and digs was his, his normal depth was changing that game. He was playing more shallow. He's playing tighter. So he knows what teams do. So that was, he earned that, inter, that interception. That's, that's film study and execution. Um, and on the field smarts there on the second one. Yeah. Cody made a great play, but like he read that all the way. Um, and, and, uh, and he came to it also, I think Brooks also contributed to the tip as well. Because he's the middle hook defender and he sees the given that it's quarters across the board, the mic goes strong. So Brooks continues to like zone drop, but then he melts weak with the number three with the running back and he ends up like giving, giving the defense layers. So there's like a, like a line of defenders and he is able to, he almost tips the ball himself, but outstretched cars having to throw over two defenders. Now car will do that. No problem, but it still affects the throw. Um, and maybe that gave, maybe that affected the velocity on the throw to put just a touch more arc on it, helping Cody, but it was just good team defense everywhere. And Diggs is all over it, you know, coming from the other hash. Right. Um, so, I mean, in a lot of these instances, especially the vets came to play with like concept recognition, but then like there was a third and two early in the game, where um where like bryant gives up something to the flat where he's it's called a two three push so you get a fast three he has to fall off two and then as three crosses face he has to stay leveraged with and go get him and he's just late to it like he just isn't cognizant of that's what's happening so that's rough there's the third and four that's that's what hurt is saying when there's there's young players out there and i think we are starting to see a few more like growing pains every now and then 